Hello and welcome to CMO Combo, the podcast from CMO Alliance that's all about the big conversations that matter to CMOs around the world. Today, I'm speaking to Liam Martin, CMO and co-founder of Time Doctor, one of the chief organizers of the remote working conference, Running Remote. We're discussing the future of remote working, what it means to CMOs and what they need to build a successful remote marketing team. Hi, Liam. How are you doing today? Welcome to CMO Combo. Oh, yeah. Thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate uh, it. No, thank you. Thank you. Um, the whole point of this podcast series is talking to people like yourself and I'm, I'm not the important person at all. It's all about your insights. And today we're talking about building a remote marketing team, which I think is a very important subject for a lot of, uh, a lot of people, um, in marketing, particularly CMOs. Um, there's been a lot of talk about like how to lead remote marketing teams, but with, the signs pointing to remote marketing being a continued thing. We're going to have to start thinking more about how you actually build that team from scratch. So it's going to be a very interesting conversation. I'm excited about it. Uh, but before we get started with that, maybe you could introduce yourself to our listeners, go into a bit of your professional background, how you reach your current position. Sure. So I'm co-founder of a time tracking app for remote teams called timedoctor.com. We've been running that business for about 10 years and it is a tool that helps facilitate remote work. Uh, Our mission statement actually as a company is that we wanna help facilitate the transition of the world to remote work. We also run a conference called Running Remote, which we started about four years ago, which is all about building and scaling remote teams. So whether you're a founder or even in the executive team of a remote organization, we really try to arm you with all of the tactics that you need to be able to not just kind of like hire a virtual assistant, but actually build multi-billion dollar tech companies uh, fundamentally through the things that we teach there. So you you probably I assume you practice what you preach when it comes to the remote working. Like you, I assume you run a remote team, and that's how you how you operate. Like, do you approach that with a certain philosophy? Yeah. So we have almost 150 team members in 43 different countries all over the world. We have never had an office, nor do we ever want to have an office. If I ever say that I got one. Um, I've probably sold out. (laughs) Someone (laughs) offered me a ridiculous amount of money to be able to get an office because we believe that that actually just helps not only employees, but employers work better uh, in their jobs. Uh, We've been doing this, as I said, for 10 years. I actually have been working remotely for the past 15 years. And obviously over the last year and a half, there's been some changes inside of remote work. Uh, in February of 2020, 4.6% of the US workforce was working remotely. And by the end of March, it was 46% of the US wow. workforce working remotely. So it was a complete shift. And the other thing that's really interesting is that number has actually remained relatively stable. Uh, we're at about 40% right now in the United States. And it does not look like that's going to change in a significant way. When we've been polling our customers, we found about 50% of them say they're going to stay remote, 40% are going to go hybrid, and 10% are going to go back to the office. Hybrid, you don't really know what that mix is going to be. But at a worst case, at least 50% of the people that were thrown into remote work during the pandemic are going to stay there. So this is going to have huge implications for the world, but more specifically for marketing. Uh, you're going to have to learn how to be able to build a remote team effectively. Definitely, definitely. Um, so um, so, so you're saying this is, this is here to stay, the switch to remote work. It's not something that's going to go away. It's not something that's just 
like a flash in the pan response to the pandemic. Like this is, I mean, in some respects, it's more of like an acceleration of trends that were already happening from what I've gathered. Like we, sure. we were moving towards this kind of model already. You know, uh, Brian Armstrong, does that name ring a bell? It does ring a bell. Yeah. But do you want to maybe yeah. expand on who he is for our listeners? So he's, he's a CEO and founder of Coinbase, which is uh, a company that is a crypto wallet. It recently just went public a few weeks ago at $141 billion. They entered number 89 on the S&P 500. And for the first time in the history of the SEC, they have been allowed to state that their headquarters is nowhere. And when they were asked why they stated that, they said anything else would be a lie. <laughs> and I actually think it's not a, th these aren't going to be changes. These are new tactics. I think that we're seeing a tide change right now. And I would, and I'll put it on your podcast right now. I think within the next five years, the majority, more than 50%, of tech IPOs will be remote first because it's a Model T moment. It's a Model T rolling off the production line versus a horse and buggy type of situation. It's more efficient for the employees. It's more efficient for the employers. You're removing one of the largest line items on your P&L, which is your actual office space. And the big fear was collaboration and productivity would drop. And if anything, they've improved during this time. So I think it's a complete game changer. And if you're not understanding this shift, then you're going to be left behind. So, so what is it about re remote work that encourages that increased efficiency as opposed to being in the office? Like, I'm sure the, the, well, the biggest fear was that without supervision, without a manager present, that people were just going to goof off and not get their work done. What is it that has allowed people to be so efficient in switching to remote work? So number one is, they actually can now goof off. And this wasn't a bad thing. Uh, that's the thing that a lot of people don't really understand is people are actually spending more time, quote unquote, working. But when you look at their workday, it's not continuous work. It's not a nine to five drudge. It is probably a nine to six or it's an eight to eight workday. But inside of that, you do a lot of living. So maybe you take a two hour lunch break and you go for a walk with your, with your wife and your daughter, as an example, or maybe it is you take the afternoon off to be able to watch a movie and then you go back to work after the fact. Work and life are now going to co-mingle in a uh, somewhat of a more complicated way, but actually a way that's more productive for the individual employee. Now, that's kind of more for the employee side organizationally, the biggest thing that you actually really need to figure out is working from home does not actually, and remote work does not actually just mean recreating the office. It's a very, very different process. And it boils down to what basically a lot of people in the industry have coined as asynchronous communication philosophy. Can you, can you expand on what that means, asynchronous communication? Sure. So uh, Netflix is asynchronous and television is synchronous. Um, there is a premise inside of offices or what we like to call on-premise teams that collaboration 
is a good thing. And the more you collaborate, the better your business will be. Remote teams see that as a broken premise uh, because we can have a la carte synchronous communication, whereas on-premise teams spend an hour and a half driving in every single employee spends an hour and a half driving to a single location. And then once you're in that single location, you can annoy your coworkers and distract them from their deep work and core focus throughout the workday. Remote teams have a completely different philosophy towards this. If you adopt asynchronous communication philosophy, which effectively means collaboration synchronously, i.e. talking on a Zoom call or a phone call or immediately responding to a Slack message is actually disruptive towards the output of every individual employee. So it's every individual employee's responsibility to minimize collaboration and minimize synchronous communication as much as possible in order to allow everyone to actually be much more productive throughout their workday. There's a ton of implications that work into this. Um, the biggest one, and I know there's probably a lot of CMOs and VPs of marketing that are listening to this type of podcast, is a lot of the managerial level is now redundant, unfortunately, because of asynchronous communication philosophy. Uh, the vast majority of that communication really wasn't needed in the first place. And so a lot of those people are probably not going to have jobs, but long-term you build hyper-growth companies. And we're seeing this like in instances of Coinbase or Shopify or even Facebook that are all adopting this philosophy en masse. So that, that kind of removing that kind of managerial role, it requires a very different structure to a business, to, to a marketing team, like both in terms, like on a micro scale and on a macro scale. Like what does an organization need to have in place to be able to implement these kinds of structures? Like what do they need to do first in order to get things rolling? So let me just even touch on meetings, right? Um, the Probably the way that you would do a meeting on average is uh, when you were in an office is everyone would come into that office. Someone would have a presentation. You'd have eight people watching that presentation for 45 minutes. Then maybe you would have questions afterwards and maybe someone else goes up and does another presentation. Uh, remote meetings are different. Asynchronous remote meetings rather are very different. All meetings must be recorded through video. So you can use a tool like Loom or Vidyard as an example. You do the entire presentation on video. You post it into a project management tool like Asana. You identify the clear outcomes from that particular presentation and what issues you have that are connected to that particular presentation. And then everyone watches the video asynchronously, meaning they can watch it in their own time, and then they comment asynchronously. So they put down comments. Uh, and then when you come to a conclusion with regards to any extenuating issues that are in that particular meeting, you put that back up into the actual issues list itself. So you say, here are the issues that we had based off this video presentation. Here is the conclusion and you conclude that task. If you can't conclude that task, then you jump on to a synchronous meeting, like a Zoom call. You only bring the people in that need to be in that meeting. If you don't need to be in the meeting, don't come to the meeting. And you address that issue and only that issue. And then when you've concluded it, you put that back up on the dock, you've concluded the issue. And uh, that's the way that, 
that asynchronous meetings work inside of remote teams. This is very, very different from what I understand uh, most synchronous teams meet. Again, I've never really worked in an office before, but from what I understand, they take a lot of time and they're super boring. They do. They do indeed. Um, I'm not in the office at the moment, so I'm not, uh, not casting any aspersions on my coworkers or anything when I say that, but from previous experience, so much of your day is taken up by meetings that could easily be done through just an email or just a Slack message even. So having that kind of system codified, built into how you run the, the marketing team, it still require it would require a complete change of rethinking in how you lead that team though and how you manage that team for for a lot of people like you've said we're moving sort of that managerial role but what about what about cmos who've already developed their skills to run an in an in person marketing team are they going to have to completely relearn how to do their job to run a remote team to build a remote team yes <laughs> Simple answer. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Uh, they, they will. They'll have to adapt very quickly or they will no longer be in the job. Um, I think this is, as I said, this is a model team moment. This is a more efficient way to be able to extract labor and increase revenue inside of your company. So you'll be left behind if you can't adapt to this new model. And Going back to our previous point, I love that there are a ton of employees that could not requisition a paperclip inside of the company, and yet they can convince eight six-figure employees to sit in a meeting for three hours. <laughs> uh, whenever I'm in one of those things, I literally look at the amount that I'm paying for everyone to be able to jump on that Zoom call, and I just run the ticker in my own head, and I think to myself, wow, this hour and a half meeting cost me $8,000. <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Uh, this needs to stop uh, fundamentally. There's a really great blog post about how Elon Musk runs meetings. And I think it's his third golden rule, which is if a meeting isn't valuable to you, walk out of it immediately. You don't even need to actually excuse yourself, just leave the meeting. And I think that's a fantastic rule, uh, not only for office work, but also for remote first teams. If you don't need to be there, get back to doing your deep work. What are the outputs, particularly inside of a marketing team that are going to produce higher returns? It is putting in a tracking pixel. It is writing copy. It is you know, optimizing a web page. It is writing a blog post. These are the things that make you more money inside of your business. And if you're not maximizing the amount of time that your people are executing on that particular task, you will be pushed out by competitors that are just more efficient than you. Fair enough. Yeah. Like it's a adapt or survive survival of the fittest, I suppose. Um, which often happens in the wake of like these big changes in the working habits. Like I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of CMOs who weren't willing to adapt to understanding like social media or even digital marketing. And they've been, they've sort of gone the way of the dinosaur. So is that, is that literally what it is? Is it all CMOs are just going to have to be remote working CMOs now, or is there still going to be certain companies that can be resistant to that? I think there probably will be certain companies that are going to be resistant towards that. Uh, I do, however, think at least in the tech world, I would estimate right now about 86% of developers are currently remote. 
So it's the vast majority of that industry. I don't know the numbers exactly for marketing, but I would assume it's the majority at this point are currently remote. And they were the minority pre-pandemic, but the ability to be able to hire labor regardless of space or time is such a huge leveler that companies can use to be able to basically produce higher returns. Um, it's not an issue of, well, I like the office or I, I like collaboration. It's an issue of, well, there's an arms race here and, uh, and I really can't compete against these other companies that are just able to, let's say, pump out twice as many blog posts per month than I do on the same you know, on the same amount of money. Um, that inevitably results in that marketing department being um, being left behind. So I wish I could say something different. I mean, the, the, the silver lining there is that a lot of this stuff is still relatively new. And I think that this reorganization is still gonna take another 18 months before it's really kind of like in the main mainstream because a lot of the post-COVID, a lot of the reorganization is going to happen where some people are going to go back to the office, some people are not going to go back to the office, and they're going to test out all of these things. But 18 months later, I see probably in the marketing realm, I'd probably see more than 80% of all marketers working remotely. So you have to you have to be good at it in order to be able to execute on you know the next decade of, of marketing, in my opinion. So we touched, you touched a bit on sort of like the tech that you need to have to be able to make this, this system work. Um, do you want to expand a little more on like what the ideal tech stack needs to look like for people who are setting up a remote marketing team? Like you mentioned Asana and project management boards like that, but what is like the, the sure. ideal like tech stack that you need for this? So we could go into this in a pretty deep way. Let me kind of just get a little bit more specific and talk about like our, our content team. Uh, or actually, no, let's not even talk about the content team. Let's talk about my SEO team. Uh, that's probably a much better way to kind of define this. So we have a metric that we've developed internally called cumulative domain authority, which effectively allows our different linkers to be measured very quantifiably as to their effectiveness inside of the team. So uh, domain authority goes from zero to 100. Uh, 100 would be like Google and zero would be a brand new website. And so instead of just getting backlinks, which is a pretty bad measure because you'd go after backlinks that are not that important. Instead, what we do is we measure the amount of the importance of each website that you acquire. So if I got a Forbes article, which I think we just did yesterday. It's a uh, domain authority of 93. And then our website has a domain authority of 79. So if you got those two backlinks, you would have 79 plus 93. And that would be your cumulative score moving forward. And we comp out based off of that. Uh, but inside of that platform, we literally just have a Google Sheets doc uh, we have our own internal CRM that we use for our linkers, which is HubSpot. We do outreach uh, through SalesLoft for getting those links. We are constantly optimizing those outbound campaigns that we're running to be able to build those relationships to 
build those links. All of that stuff is reported back to me inside of HubSpot and actually exported every month in a Google Doc so that I know who to comp inside of that organization. And then for the actual preparation of those keywords as well, we use tools like Ahrefs um, for a lot of the link building that we go after and identifying which link opportunities we wanna we want to crack after. So like each department is really different. They require a different technology stack, but fundamentally, uh, if you were just starting from zero, I mean, I'm hopeful that if you're a CMO right now, you have some type of project management system in place. Uh, that would probably be the base level one. Some form of communication, both synchronous and asynchronous. So that would be something like email or Slack would be more asynchronous and something like Zoom would be synchronous. And then um, that's about it, right? Oh, well. Time doctor, <laughs> and you need to be able to have a tool in place to be actually to actually measure accountability of the amount of time that you're putting in on a particular task, uh, so that you can work against that efficiency and figure out who are your best linkers and and who are not your best linkers and how to coach them up. I mean, it's likely as we move forward as well. There's going to be more and more system design bespoke for remote teams as well. Like, do you know of anything that's coming up like that in that regard? Like, Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of tools that are popping up uh, in that space. And I think we're going to see a lot more of them in, in, the, <laughs> in the next year or two. But um, funnily enough, actually, uh, one of my friends, Andreas Klinger, who, is the, who was the CTO of Product Hunt, he spoke at Running Remote about two and a half years ago, did a fantastic presentation. Uh, you can check it out at youtube.com slash running remote. We have all of our talks up there for free about building Product Hunt on 20 developers and remotely. And it was a fantastic, fantastic talk. But after the fact, he said, well, you know, I wish that there was a fund just for remote work tools. And we said, well, you should start something like this. You know, you're, you've got product hunt uh behind you like you can you can definitely find the deal flow and he's like oh no one would no one would give us money and within minutes i mean he had hundreds of thousands of dollars of uh that people were willing to commit to the project and that turned into remote first capital and i'm an lp in that fund and i've got to tell you it is uh one of the best funds i've ever seen not been involved in but ever seen uh because remote work tools are just completely exploding right now. I mean, Zoom is one of those things that just is at the tip of the iceberg. There's so many different project management systems, so many task management systems, um, even a, a little known piece of technology that you really need is something called an employer of record system. So if you wanna hire people that are not inside of the country in which your corporation resides, you need an employer or record company to actually cover you legally so that that employee can work legally inside of that country and be an employee. Um, there's billions and billions of dollars being turned over in those businesses right now. And there's dozens of those companies that have just popped up quite literally in the last year, and they've all raised 50, 100, $150 million in Series A's. So the space is completely exploding right now. If I was going to start a new product, it would definitely be in the remote workspace. I mean, it makes sense. That's it. If you've seen the writings on the wall, that's where things are going. Like, it makes sense definitely to go that way. Um, so that that's the tech Absolutely. that you need in place. What about the people? Like, what does it... 
what do you need in terms of skill sets, personality traits for your for your remote marketing team? Like, is it are you going to have to hire differently to build a remote team than a an on site team? To a degree, yes. Um, what do you think the biggest psychometric factor is towards successful remote hire? I'd love I mean, to hear your perspective on it. The assumed thing would be the ability to work independently, um, like sort of like without too much supervision. Um, but then you, you got asked that you get asked those questions when you're hiring for a role when you're working on site as well. Like, is it more of a factor in that respect, or like like when I, like when I've been hired for a job before, they've asked me how do you feel about working independently, and you always say yes, of course, I'm happy with that, but. Like they're, they're not expecting you to just go off and do all your work on your own when you're in an office. Whereas like remotely, you are expected to pretty much do that. Yeah, I have a thesis statement. I have a, um, a little document that I have. It's a one pager and everyone that's my direct report gets this when they start working with me. And it's titled um, uh, Blueprint to Liam and His Weird Little Quirks. <laughs> and so... There's a whole bunch of very real things in that document. It's not made out to make me look great. Uh, it's actually made out to make to make me look very real. And a lot of those things I wouldn't necessarily admit to people the first hour that I'm talking to them. But uh, I went out to three of my closest friends and I said, what would you tell someone that's just about to work for me what to do to be able to get the most out of me? And so that was the result of that document. And at the bottom of it, I have my thesis statement towards work, at least remotely, which is don't tell me, don't ask me what to do. Tell me what you did. And that's a core tenant for me. Um, but the psychometric factor, the most important psychometric factor that defines success inside of a remote work relationship is introversion. Uh, the more introverted you are, usually the more successful you are inside of remote teams. Extroverted people can absolutely succeed inside of extroverted teams, but they need another outlet that's not just their work life. Uh, they need like a co-working space or they need to go to a coffee shop or anything else that just allows them to interact with people because when they are, when they don't have that, they just feel like they're getting strangled <laughs> uh, emotionally and they really need access to those other types of people. I can tell you there have been people, and this was way back in the day um, because we couldn't even do it legally today with an info, from an InfoSec perspective. There are people that worked in the company for us for years. We never met them in person. We never did a video call with them. We never did an audio call with them. They could have been a bot and <laughs> They just, they were fantastic developers or fantastic customer support people because they were just really good at their job and they were very introverted and they didn't want to interact with people one-on-one. -on -one. How, how does that work in, I mean, I don't want to say development or customer service isn't a creative, doesn't require creative skills, but one of the big things about creativity, at least in the marketing space in my experience is you need those shared ideas. You need to be able to get together and sort of like hammer out some ideas sometimes for campaigns. Like how does that work within a remote team and with like a very introverted team, if that's the way you're saying people need to go? So when we communicate asynchronously, 
it allows introverted people's thoughtfulness to be an asset and not a liability. And that's what's really important to be able to understand when you look at, look at remote work relationships. Because you have the loudest voice or you're the most charismatic does not necessarily mean you have the right answer to the problem or your solution is the best solution. A lot of the times it's the quiet introverted people that never really had a chance in a synchronous environment to be able to provide their input because they were never given the time for their thoughtfulness to really develop and for them to provide a really great answer to a problem. And so when we see people collaborating asynchronously, uh, we do see those magical moments come out where the person that wouldn't necessarily speak up in a big, huge meeting will actually write out a text message or will write out an email that's just the perfect solution to the problem. But with that said, it's also important to recognize, and to your point, marketing teams do need more synchronous time than a developer or a customer support rep. Um, we just try to make sure that we keep that very methodological. So we have predefined times that you meet. We don't just kind of ping someone and say, hey, can you, uh, we like to call those people slack sunshines, the people that always want to just ping you and it's like, hey, do you have five minutes? No, I don't have five minutes. <laughs> I need to do this podcast or I need to write this blog post or I need to you know, insert whatever, which is like the actual thing that I need to do throughout my workday. Let's predefine a time that we can all come together and collaborate synchronously so that we can maximize efficiency throughout the entire team. These little pings, they're absolutely disruptive towards people's focus in their workday. And, and that's the thing that you need to kind of be, uh, you need to have a little bit more of a rain on if you're going to be successful remotely. So that's the that's the marketing team itself. But one of the one of the biggest issues I found with these conversations with CMOs is that is that they have is that is aligning other departments, getting other departments on board um, on board and working cohesively. Is remote working an extra step to getting that in place? Like it might be a bit easier to get that in, uh, to work that out when you can just go down the hallway and talk to your your CFO or your head of sales or something like that to get people on board with the marketing campaign. Whereas having people in separate buildings, is that going to further the divide between departments or is there a way of working around that? So there is, it is more difficult for sure uh, to be able to get everyone on the same page. And from a leadership perspective, it's, it's a lot more difficult to be able to make that happen. With that said, however, it also allows for everyone to be heard equally, going back to the loudest voice wins type of argument. This is not necessarily something that you want. Uh, inside of an organization, just because someone is very charismatic doesn't necessarily mean that they have good ideas. So when we look at trying to convince everyone to get onto the same page, uh, a lot of the times we'll even just like do surveys, right? We'll just chat with people uh, and we'll send out a really good, I usually have a one-on-one -on -one cadence with people, which is, do you want me to bug you more or less? 
And uh, that's a really good measure for me to be able to figure out, okay, does this person need more feedback from me or less feedback? But the way that we implement this all is through a relatively, relatively complicated amount of process documentation. And the bigger your organization gets, the more process documentation you have inside of your organization. However, uh, inside of remote teams, you need to have process documentation almost from day one. So all of the processes, operations, procedures, the, doc, the, the discussion that I just told you about um, cumulative domain authority, that's like a 30 page guide with video tutorials and all that kind of stuff so that a brand new employee can come into the organization and can be trained up on how to be a really good linker without necessarily having a manager there to be able to teach them synchronously. And that's another big kind of huge leveler that allows you to push ahead of a lot of other remote teams, or sorry, a lot of other just companies in general, because the actual company is the manager. The company is the training tool. It's not necessarily the individual. Uh, and we have the same thing with regards to everyone getting on the same page is uh, a lot of the times we'll do that asynchronously. And if there are issues that pop up, then we jump on synchronously to be able to discuss them. We actually only really talk synchronously when it's like a important emotional issue that we need to address. Uh, that's, that's probably about 80% of the communication that happens inside of our organization, simply because everything else is handled by the company itself. Wow. That's a, that, that is very interesting. Yeah. Um, so it's only, it's only the conversations that need to be conversations. Basically. Is that what you're saying? Only important conversations. How yeah. are you? How are you feeling? You're stressed out. Why are you stressed out? How can I help you? Am I being annoying? Uh, do you, do you want more feedback from me? These are the only things that a manager should really be focusing on because everything else inside of a remote first asynchronous organization is quantified, measured, and measurable, <laughs> or sorry, <laughs> measurable by everyone inside of the organization, right? Like even right now using um, inside of Time Doctor, I'm currently tracking podcast as my task and anyone in the company can see exactly what I'm working on right now, which is a podcast. And if they want to talk to me, obviously they shouldn't because I'm currently working on this podcast with you, which is a synchronous form of work that I need to do. Uh, and it's a bad idea for me to be kind of pinged by other people to say, Hey, can you help me with this or that? So it's like, it's really important to just reserve synchronous time for stuff that's really important. And that boils down to the vast majority of time, employees are not concerned or sorry, they don't, it's, it's like, it's not the teaching. It's not like, Hey, I've got to really master this tactic or I've got to really figure this out on social media, or I've got to figure out this Facebook ad. The vast majority of the time when an employee is not performing, it's something connected to their mindset. So that's the only thing that we really address in meetings. Uh, oh, that, yeah, that sounds brilliant. Yeah, that's the way, yeah. It, it gives people the, the independence to do their work, but then using, providing a support system to help them do their work is the manager's role. It's not telling them what to do, it's helping them yeah. do their job. We use the word autonomy, remote teams, 
are some of the most autonomous workers um, you'll ever meet because they just have the freedom to do what they want to do with the caveat of there are very clear KPIs, quantitative measures that are being deployed that you must meet. But how you want to get to that target, that's really up to you. We have all of this fantastic training that's been battle tested that you can use. But if you can actually innovate that process itself, share it with other team members. We'd love to be able to see it so that we can create a better mousetrap. Um, but the one thing that you shouldn't be doing is sitting and watching a presentation synchronously when honestly I could watch this at 2x <laughs> and get exactly the same amount of information. Brilliant. I think maybe I'm just looking at the time. Maybe we should leave that there. Liam, this has been awesome. Um, sure. One last thing, um, just uh, maybe it's like a final note. Um, where do you go to develop this kind of this process doc like that you mentioned that you should have from day one? Like, Because you've had years of experience with remote working to build up like your knowledge of like how to make it work and how to write, uh, how to establish something like that. What about someone who is stepping into a CMO role for the first time is being told we need a remote team set up. Where do they go around setting up this process doc? Where, where, the, where can they find the information for what they need to do? It's going to be incredibly easy. Go to <laughs> about.gitlab.com slash handbook. That is the largest open source remote work repository on the face of the planet. Uh, I think it's 8,000 pages. And Dimitri, who is the CTO and co-founder of GitLab, encourages you to steal all of it. So all of their marketing strategies are in there. It's all entirely open source. Another funny kind of side point on that, uh, GitLab ended up sponsoring Running Remote a few years ago, and they open source everything, including their emails. So if you just type into Google, GitLab running remote sponsorship emails, uh, you'll actually see all of the emails that we had and the negotiation on the sponsorship dollars uh, that went back and forth. Now they're a little bit extreme. They open source everything inside of their organization because they feel that everyone that works inside of their company should be able to have access to anything else inside of their company. It's a concept called radical transparency, which we also like to follow as well. But about.getlab.com slash handbook, it's all there, steal it, repurpose it for yourself. And then at least you're at kind of like your beta version of your process document. Another really great tool that you might wanna check out is trainual.com. Um, that's a process document tool that will allow you to be able to build these processes on a platform. But if you don't want to pay for something like Trainual, Google Docs is great. Excellent. Yeah. Um, thank you very much for that, Liam. Uh, uh, they sound like really, really helpful tools. And I'm sure our, our listeners will find them very useful as well. Um, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me today. I really enjoyed it. I think we've covered some really interesting points about some big picture items and some, some more like individual personal items about how people are going to work in the future. So I hope our listeners find it useful too. Um, thank you to the listeners. And I will be back soon with more CMO Convos. 